Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi there. I'm Cindy Linden, and this is the Cook Along Podcast. Today we're going to make a carrot cake, which is one of my favorite cakes. But I'm in a bit of a quandary about it today because most people frost their carrot cakes. And I have a great cream cheese frosting recipe that goes with this cake. But a couple of times ago when I made this, the frosting just seemed to be too much for the cake. The cake was so good, and the frosting sort of dominated it. And I thought to myself, you know, this cake is so moist and so rich without any frosting. I should try it without any frosting. So the next time I made it, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I said I was going to try this without frosting. But I thought, well, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> cake needs frosting. I need to put frosting on the cake. So let's try something less dominant and lighter. And I made a caramel glaze for it which was really good after it softened up. It um, got really hard on the cake um, <laughs> until the next day when it was really perfect. But even then I'm thinking to myself, this cake is so moist and so rich, it really doesn't need any frosting. And if it doesn't have any glaze or frosting of any kind on it, it kind of gives license to have more than one piece. Not just license, but like impetus, because it's not so rich that it's killing you. And so to me, that bears some weight in the decision-making process. So today I'm gonna make a naked carrot cake. I will tell you at the end how to make the frosting if you really wanna do that, because it's a really nice cream cheese frosting recipe that's been created especially for this cake. But I'm telling you now, that if you don't want to mess with frosting and you just want something fairly simple but really nice to serve where it seems okay to have more than one piece, that's what we're going to make today. Here's your ingredient list. You need a can of crushed pineapple in syrup. That's a 20-ounce can. And yes, they do still come in that size. You need a cup of butter. And that is, um, if you use regular stick butter, that's two sticks a cup of brown sugar, a cup of granulated sugar, four eggs, you need a pound of carrots, and we're gonna shred those, so you'll need a means to do that. A cup of raisins, although I'm gonna tell you that I've been thinking lately it would be fun to try this with dried cranberries. So I'm using dried cranberries today. If you don't have dried cranberries or you prefer raisins, use raisins. 
You need two teaspoons of vanilla, three cups of flour, two teaspoons of baking soda, a teaspoon of cinnamon, a teaspoon of ginger, and a teaspoon of salt. The ingredient list is, of course, available on my website, which is thecookalongpodcast.com. And you know what? That's what I'm going to do. I'm actually going to put the frosting recipe into the additional notes for this recipe, and you can find it online. It's not hard to make, and so you won't really need me to coach you through it. Now let's talk about do-aheads. There are three of them. Three of them. You need to peel or wash a pound worth of carrots. I hope you have a way to weigh them or that you purchased exactly a pound from the store or whatever. I like to peel mine. I just think it's faster. I've had people tell me they think scrubbing them is faster. Either way, you want to get them cleaned up. And then the second thing is to preheat your oven to 350. The third thing is to soften your butter. So it helps if you know you're going to make this recipe and can get the butter out of the refrigerator ahead of time. If you don't get it out ahead of time, I'm going to tell you something that most cooks will tell you don't do this. They don't want you to microwave the butter. I'm going to tell you to microwave the butter. Put it in your microwave at the second to lowest setting. So in other words, if your microwave goes from 1 to 10, set your microwave at 2. Put one cube in at a time. Put a cube in. Set the microwave at two and run it for 30 seconds and then turn that cube over to exactly the opposite the way it was before and go back to two level two and do it for another 15 seconds if you're worried about it getting too soft do it only for 10 because we don't want it to turn into soup in there that's not the intent we just want it to soften up as though it had been sitting at room temperature all day And then do the same thing with the second stick. So that's a way to soften your butter. Just know that you're going to see all over the internet, do not microwave your butter. Real cooks don't microwave their butter. Well, I'm a real cook and I do because because I often don't think about getting it out ahead of time. So there you go. We do have to grease a pan. The reason I didn't make that a do-ahead is because I thought we'd do it together. This is always the point where, you know, if you're cooking with your kid, the parent hands the pan to the child and says, here, honey, this is the fun part, and ask them grease the pan. Just so you know, you could use shortening, and I honestly would suggest you just scoop some onto your fingers and smear it around in the pan. You could do the same with butter. You want a 9 by 13 inch pan. I forgot to tell you that, and I think that's probably helpful. 9 by 13 inch pan. I'm going to use um, cooking spray actually and I'm going to put a good coating on the pan. This is also probably not the most professional way to do this but oh well. And then if you've never done this before, once you've sprayed your pan or smeared around the grease in all the corners, nooks and crannies, you scoop a little flour out of your canister and sprinkle it into the bottom of your pan. Then you pick up the pan and you tap it to get the flour to move around and stick to all the different places. Sorry, it doesn't want to do it. It's like just sitting there, which is part of the problem with the cooking sprays. It's a little wetter. You'll probably have better luck if you're using shortening or butter, but you just sort of encourage it to not clump up and to move around and stick to the coating that you've put in there. And then you turn it, turn the pan, 
and let it slide along the side. Turn the pan again, let it slide along the second side. Do that to all four sides. And hopefully there won't be a lot of spare flour because you didn't put that much in. If you did put too much in, just dump it out in your trash or your sink or your compost or whatever. You don't want large clumps of flour in the pan. There, step one, complete. The second thing we're gonna do is drain the pineapple. Now I'm opening the can, crushed pineapple. You could use pineapple tidbits, but they become more prominent in the cake that way as clumps of fruit. Whereas with crushed pineapple, it just all becomes part of this really nice rich batter. If you have a strainer, a mesh strainer, you can use that to drain the pineapple. If you don't, you can just take the lid and push it down on top of the pineapple. I'm getting a bowl because I have a mesh strainer and I'm not gonna just throw this juice out. Mine's packed in juice. So I'm dumping it into the whole can into the mesh strainer. Whatever you're using to strain out the juice, you wanna really get the juice out of it. As in, if you're pushing just down with the can lid, you really wanna push and get all the, all the syrup or juice out of there. You don't want it in there. If you're doing it in a mesh strainer, you're not just gonna let it sit there and drip. You're actually gonna get a spoon and push down on the pineapple so that the juice squeezes out the bottom like I said, I put mine in a bowl because I think it'll move to a glass and somebody, maybe me, maybe I, maybe I, there we go, will drink it. That was an interesting one. Somebody would be maybe me, but I'm the one who's going to, anyway, yeah, I grew up with grammar police. I am a grammar police. I'm a recovering grammar police person. I'm really trying hard to let language grow, change, and um, be used creatively, but it's really hard. Grammar policing is not just a job, it's an addiction. All right, so I've got my juice strained out. I think it might still drip a little, but I'm still pushing on it, and oh yeah, I'm still getting, still getting quite a lot out of it. Get it as uh, unjuiced as you can, and then set it aside. All right, let's grind up some carrots. I have a food processor. I hope you were lucky enough to have a food processor, because while you can certainly do this with a hand grater, it's much faster, easier, and less dangerous if you have a food processor. No matter what you're using, whether you're using a hand grater or a food processor, Put your finest grater, not grater, sorry, finest shredder on the disc. We want this again. We don't want chunks here. We don't want lumps of carrot. We want it to blend in and be part of the batter and make the batter nice and moist. By the way, I'm now drinking the pineapple juice I strained out. It is definitely one of the side benefits of making this cake is I get to drink pineapple juice while I do it. Okay, so time to shred the carrots. This is just feeding it in through whatever shredder thingy you got. So I'm gonna make a bunch of noise. You know what, actually I'm not. I'm gonna turn it off and leave you to do your own shredding. Cause if you're doing it by hand, it could take you a while. 
and I am going to shred mine, which is going to make a lot of noise in the food processor. And um, come back to me when your carrots are shredded. And actually, one more thing. When your carrots are shredded, assemble all your ingredients that I gave you in the list or that you see on the website. Assemble all the ingredients on your counter so that we can just move through the recipe step by step. Having now shredded my carrots, I can tell you, that if this is helpful, that if you didn't have a way to weigh your carrots, it looks like a pound of carrots comes up to about two and a half cups of shredded carrots. And if you're anything like me, whether you used your hand grater or your um, food processor, you ended up with a bunch of sort of bits, sticks that wouldn't grind up. Now you have a choice there, obviously. You can toss those. I think if I were a cooking show on TV, I'd toss them. I'm not gonna do that, I'm kind of obsessive. So I am taking a sharp knife and just slivering these. Yes, they will be bigger than what's been shredded, but I just feel stupid throwing away perfectly good carrot. So I'm cutting mine up. You can do what you want. Don't feel like you have to be copying what I'm doing in that regard. I just don't see the point in throwing it away, as I said. Okay, hopefully in addition to shredding your carrots, you set all the ingredients that I mentioned out on your counter for us to bake with. We probably want to use an electric mixer for this. You don't have to if you have good elbow grease. My elbow grease isn't so good, so I'm using an electric mixer. Now we get to start baking. Into the mixer, put both cubes of butter which are hopefully softened a bit by now, either because you left them out or because you followed my against the rules suggestion about how to soften it. Then add a cup of packed brown sugar. That simply means that you're cramming it down in to the measuring cup as tight as you can get it. And it doesn't really matter whether it's light brown or dark brown, so whatever you got on hand, cram it into the measuring cup and then dump the measuring cup in with the butter and then another cup of just regular plain old white sugar goes in with the butter scoop it out you might be able to tell here i i got my ingredients out but i didn't measure them out if you were smarter than me good for you i just got them all out so i could measure them now that the sugar and the butter are in there we're gonna we're gonna cream them that means blend them until it's all one thing here comes my squeaky mixer it'll settle down in a second there we go already so right now it's just like fluffy bits that's not creamed yet and now it's sort of starting to come together as a single sort of substance and that's not really creamed yet either you want it kind of smoother and creamier so we're just going to keep going for a little bit you don't want to over cream butter with sugar but you don't want to under cream it either it really does change texture the further you go with it now it's really starting to 
sort of smooth out. It's not lump, it's not big lumps being pushed around anymore. It's more like a substance. Well, there's a dumb thing to say, but yeah, yeah, it's not like for a while it was just big lumps of something being pushed around. Now it's more like closer to a liquid, but it isn't a liquid. You don't want it to go that far. Now, in there goes the goes the eggs. In there go the eggs. There's another moment. In there go the eggs. All four eggs. Just crack them in unless you have concerns about getting shell in here. In which case, use the trick of cr cracking them into a bowl first so that you can have a chance to scoop out the shells of the egg before they end up in your batter. Go ahead and put all four of them in there. I used to crack eggs on the rim of the bowl or the pan or whatever. I've stopped doing that because I, for whatever reason, feel as though I get a cleaner break. I get less egg white on the counter or the pan or my fingers if I crack them on a hard flat surface. And I am uh, lucky enough to have very hard counters. This is a really old kitchen, but it's got uh, ceramic tile counters. And that may give you a picture there of, you've probably seen them actually, on the website. Again, thecookalongpodcast.com. You'll have seen my blue ceramic tile counter. So that's what I crack my eggs on. Now we're just going to beat that until the eggs are all blended in. This shouldn't take very long. Again, you don't want to be able to tell that there are eggs in there. You want a smooth substance that doesn't, you can't tell what's in it. There we go. See, that was really fast. Okay, now we're going to put in the pineapple, the carrots. Well, let's do this one step at a time. First, the pineapple, which hopefully now is mostly out of juice. I'm giving it one, one more good squish against the back of the mesh sieve thing and that goes in a little bit more pineapple juice for my glass and then the carrots they're going in Bowl's getting kind of full. I worry about this with my mixer. I have one of the tilting kind, which I prefer because uh, I can just add things by tilting the head back, and I like that. But the bowl's a little smaller than some of those ones where the whole bowl picks up, lifts up, you know. This is a KitchenAid mixer, in case you hadn't figured that out. And um, I worry sometimes that it's all going to spray out because there's so much stuff in there. Pineapple, carrots... Cranberries or raisins, a cup of those. That was a sort of a generous cup, but how bad could that be? You know, really. And then two teaspoons of vanilla. One, 
too. All right, then we're going to mix that up. Just kind of slowly mix that in. Set your mixer to kind of low because there's a lot of here. There's a lot of stuff. Here we go. Oh, yeah. It wants to throw carrots out at me. Oh, little bits. Oh, no, oh, shoot. A big slab of carrot just went by. Oh, shoot. I hope I can find that again. I don't want a big slab of carrot in my cake. Dang. Okay, well, anyway, as the carrots mix into the batter, they stop being likely to splatter. Yes, I know it rhymed. I'm trying to say something clever about that, but it's not going to happen. Okay, now we're going to just do some things with dry ingredients. So in a separate bowl, we're going to put the dry ingredients. Three cups of flour. If you've cooked with me before, you know how to do this. We're not just going to scoop it. We're going to stir it up really good first. That aerates the flour because it's been sitting in some kind of container where gravity has been helping it compress. And if you don't aerate it by stirring it all around first, you're going to end up with too much flour in your recipe. So get it all until you feel that there's no more, ah, see? Really dense, hard to stir spots. And then start scooping it into your one cup measure. Once you have the cup full, level it off with the handle of the spoon and dump that into your waiting empty clean bowl. Do that three times. I know some of you have heard me say all this before, and it must get kind of tedious having to hear me say it over and over. But, you know, we have to make allowances for people who might be turning into their very first podcast with me and don't know all this stuff. So thank you for your patience on that. All right. Once the flour is in, we're going to add two teaspoons of baking soda. Baking soda. Soda, not baking powder, baking soda, two teaspoons. Just sort of level them off and throw them in with the flour. Okay, the next thing is a teaspoon of cinnamon. Hopefully a nice cinnamon. If you have a good cinnamon, that's, this, is a, this is an opportunity to use it. Okay, again, just sort of tap it against the jar until it's mostly level if you have a little extra. Again, how bad can that be? The ginger, dried ginger, dried ground ginger, I guess I should say. Teaspoon of that. Sort of level it off with the jar or your finger or whatever you have to do. And then a half teaspoon of salt. I'm using sea salt. I don't use iodized salt because I don't like the taste of the iodine. Now just stir that together. And we're going to add this a little at a time, this dry mixture, just a little at a time to the batter with the pineapple. So get your mixer going again, just on low, very low probably, because this is going to, yeah, at least in my kitchen, this is going to splatter everywhere. Not splatter, but poof. It's going to poof everywhere. I'm doing one large spoonful at a time just so that it doesn't spray. Of course, this is when it gets on top of places like the top of the beater attachment that I'll later have to scrape it off of. 
Okay, that's about half of my dry ingredients, and I'm going to stop this and sort of wipe it off the top of the beater attachment. All right, and now I'm going to just slowly dump what's left. Until it's all in there. All right, all the, oh. <laughs> all right, there's a little in my spoon, which I just managed to shed all over myself, the counter, the floor, and a rack full of clean dishes. I think I've mentioned before, I'm a messy cook. And the downside of that is I'll have to clean that all up later. Scrape the sides of the bowl so that all of the stuff that's been pushed up the edges, which on mine is mostly flour, goes down in. Run it for just another minute to get that incorporated, not minute, a couple of seconds. And then we're done mixing. And now what we're gonna do is just pour this batter into the greased and floured nine by 13 pan. And hopefully your oven is hot and ready to go at 350. There's the slab of carrot. I found it. I found it. My beater attachment found it. This time I'm not going to chop it up. I'm just going to throw it away. Ah, uh, good. Yay. So as I scrape all of this off the beater attachment, it looks like a lot of the carrots sort of conglomerated here. So I may need to do a quick hand stir afterward or let it just spread out in the pan. It is gonna just sort of spread out in the pan, so I don't really have to worry about it. But boy, the shredded carrots do like to wrap themselves around this, this attachment. By the way, this recipe easily, easily divides in half. To cut it in half, you would just put it in a greased and floured eight by eight pan. It would be a little bit thicker than this, you know, the ultimate product is going to have a little more height to it. But that's perfect for if there's only a couple of you at home. And that'll serve probably, oh boy, it depends on how much. See, when you're expecting seconds, like I told you, it's hard to measure. But I would say an 8 by 8 pan will probably give you 9 servings. Nine servings. If people go back for more, then you better not have more than nine people. If um, you're using the size pan we're doing today, which is a nine by 13, it should be enough to serve almost 20 people or 10 people who have seconds. Scoop all of the batter into the pan, the baking pan. Oh yeah. All my carrots are kind of in the same spot, which is not on the bottom, it's on the top. It doesn't matter. They will they will just self-distribute here as I spread them out in the pan. So it's not going to uh, level out without your help. We're going to have to scoop it in. It's a lump. Get everything out of the mixer bowl. And then spread the cake batter out until it's sort of even and meets all the corners and is kind of flat. Now this goes into the oven. It's going to cook for 50 to 60 minutes. Set your timer for the 50. You always start with the lower number because you can cook it more if it needs it, but you can't uncook it if you overcook it. So set it for 50 minutes. And what we're going to do is test to have a toothpick come out clean, a toothpick or a cake tester. You poke it into the middle 
when I say clean, it means really clean. It means it shouldn't have bits of batter on it. It shouldn't have, it might have a couple of flakes, okay? But other than that, it really should look quite clean. When you get to that point, your cake is done. Just bring it out and let it cool. And then, like I said, I will post the frosting for this on my website. And by the way, speaking of my website, I have also got a Patreon page. For those of you not familiar with Patreon, that's a place where you can contribute to the continued artistry of people who create things. So it's a way for you to encourage your favorite artists to continue their work and to help them survive while they're creating because our our uh, culture and our economy don't really support artists in a way that is self-sustaining. So I do have a Patreon page. If you like what you're hearing, I hope you'll consider going to visit there and peeking around at the things that you can get if you choose to help me on Patreon. You can find my Patreon page by going to the Cook Along website, thecookalongpodcast.com. Down in the very lower left corner, there's a series of icons. You'll see Facebook and Twitter there. And next to it, on the very far left, there's a stick with a circle that, if you use your imagination, can look like a P. And if you click on that P, it will take you to my Patreon page. So that's it for today. I do hope you like this cake. I hope you're not mad at me for not frosting it with you. I don't think you're going to be, but you know, some people only eat carrot cake for the cream cheese frosting. And I understand that completely, which is why I will post that recipe on the website. Until next time, happy cooking! Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. If you're enjoying this podcast, you can make a contribution through the supporter link on every Cook Along podcast page or go to Kofi, ko-fi.com slash the Cook Along podcast. Thanks for your support and thanks for listening.